you hear it, t- people talk about it in different ways. So you hear people say, call them s- sacred sacraments. This is medicine that is, you know, we're talking about psychedelic medicine here that has huge benefits to us, of course, if it's done and administered in the right way, get, you know, made by the right people. It has the ability to really go in and do so much healing at the physical level, as well as the spiritual level, mental level, and all the things. However, I do want to put a huge disclaimer here before we even go any further, that it is not for everybody, for sure, because if people are on SSRIs or things of that nature, it is for many of them, it's just not safe, right? And so if you have, you would actually have to get it, you would have to know that that was safe for you and get that checked out. If you're going to the right places and you're working with the right people, they will absolutely be able to direct you whether you would be a candidate for it or not. Welcome, beautiful soul, to Unleash Thyself, where we explore the pathways to personal transformation and spiritual awakening. I'm your host, Constantine Moron, and today we are honored to welcome back Amy Hubbard, a visionary in the realms of hypnotherapy, energy healing, and plant medicine integration. Amy is not just a returning guest, she's a dear friend of mine and a guiding light in my own journey of emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical healing. Her mentorship through hypnotherapy has been a cornerstone in overcoming many of the blockers on my path to self-discovery. Now, if you want to check out the episode we did earlier in our journey, go take a look at my conversation with Amy around the subconscious mind and the power of hypnotherapy. It was that conversation that essentially paved the path for me to embark on this journey with her so I can overcome many of the traumas and limiting beliefs that were holding me back. Now, in Amy's relentless pursuit of expansive growth and freedom, she traveled the world absorbing the wisdom of diverse cultures and healing modalities. Her work as a licensed rapid transformational therapist and her decade-long experience with plant medicine combined with her innate gift as an energy healer make Amy and her sessions transcendent experiences that guide her clients to alchemize and embody the profound messages from sacred plants and other modalities. Now today, Amy and I will have a beautiful conversation around her deep insights into the transformative power of plant medicine and the crucial process of not just integrating what you learn, but setting powerful intentions. We'll explore the first encounter with ayahuasca, the preparations necessary before embarking on such a journey, and the significance of setting intentions. Amy will also delve into the common pitfalls in the integration process and how to navigate these challenges with curiosity and openness. Our conversation promises to be enlightening and provides an exploration of how to tap into our truer selves through the ancient wisdom of plant medicine, supported by the modern practices of hypnotherapy and energy healing. So join us as we revisit the profound journey of healing and transformation with Amy Hubbard and discover how to integrate these powerful experiences into our lives for lasting change. Remember to subscribe, like, and share your thoughts in the comments. Your engagement helps us continue to bring these impactful stories to light. So let's begin. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself. 
I have Amy with me here, Amy Hubbard. She's been on the show before. We had a beautiful conversation around hypnotherapy and the subconscious and how we can rewire it and how we can rewire limiting beliefs. However, today we're here to have a beautiful conversation around a topic that was fairly unknown to me a few years ago. And that topic is plant medicine and why it's important, who is it for, and what are the stages of your journey with plant medicine? So, Amy, welcome back. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much, Constantine. It's so great to be back, and I'm really excited to talk about plant medicine today, one of my favorite topics. Yes. So let's start with when was your first foray into plant medicine? Like, When did you first hear about it, and then, of course, yeah. your first journey with it? So I have to say that back in the day when I was young, of course, magic mushrooms were all around and I had my experiences with those, but that wasn't a very, um, I wouldn't say those were very spiritual journeys, but they were fun. <laughs> but I really came, the awareness of the the healing that plant medicine offered and me really taking it, wanting to take it to the next level was all the way back in 2010. Actually, I heard about grandmother medicine. I heard about ayahuasca then. I was at a retreat and people were talking about these amazing experiences that they had with it. And um, so I, it's so interesting because I'm going to tell you that I instantly, my ears were like, what is that? I want that. I want to do that. And I told my husband, I said, listen, I want to try that. And he was open and he said, okay, within... I guess it was literally three months. We were invited to go visit our friends. They lived in Switzerland. And then we said yes. And then she let us know that they were going to be hosting an ayahuasca ceremony. Mm. So within three months, we were like committed to to trying it for the first time. <laughs> wow. I mean, that, that also shows how it kind of lined up, right? Because mm. you made the commitment and then all of a sudden an opportunity came up in your immediate circle. That's That's really interesting. How was that first time? So it was really, really interesting, I'll say. It was, um, I didn't know anything what to do. I didn't know the facilitator who offered it to us. He wasn't a shaman, um, but he, he was a facilitator. And he just right before basically said, create an intention, make an intention, <laughs> you know? And so quickly I was like, oh, peace, love, and joy, you know, all the things. Thank you. And then it was bottoms up. And so... It was, I felt like basically I had no idea what I was doing. I had no concept of what the power of that medicine could be. And I felt like I slipped down the rabbit hole pretty hard. And I just, I didn't know, I had no sort of inner direction on how to work with the medicine. I don't think I got really good guidance on that. And um, yeah, having guidance is key. Yes. I love that you brought it up, Amy, because that's been my experience as well. And I have I have just a tiny bit of experience with plant medicine and ayahuasca specifically. And what I've seen myself is that if you do it for the wrong reasons, if you go unprepared, if you don't respect the medicine, things won't necessarily turn out for the best. But before we even dive into that, Amy, let's actually, for those that are listening and don't necessarily know what plant medicine is, how do you see plant medicine these days? How would you define it? It's a really good question, but I... You hear it, people talk about it in different ways. So you hear people say, call them sacred sacraments. This is medicine that is, you know, we're talking about psychedelic medicine here, um, mostly. Um, psychedelic medicine 
that has huge benefits to us, of course, if it's done and administered in the right way, get, you know, made by the right people. Um, it has the ability to really go in and do so much healing at the physical level, as well as the spiritual level, mental level, and all the things. However, I do want to put a huge disclaimer here before we even go any further, that it is not for everybody, for sure, um, because if people are on SSRIs or things of that nature, it is for many of them, it's just not safe. Right. And so if you have, you would actually have to get it. You would have to know that that was safe for you and get that checked out. If you're going to the right places and you're working with the right people, they will absolutely be able to direct you whether you would be a candidate for it or not. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a great point to make because there are quite a few drugs that interfere with the medicine and what I have found in my research, and I've done hundreds of hours of research going into it, watching videos, listening to podcasts, reading books, talking to people that have been um, partaking in this. And what's important to note is that it does require preparation. So, for example, if you're on medication, you likely have to come off of it. You have to talk to your doctor, of course, and the people at the retreat that you will be attending. But what's more important to note is that with most medicine, there are different steps that ideally you have to take to increase the chances that what you get out of it can be implemented in your life and it, in such a way that it's going to enrich your life. And these medicines, I think it's important to note, Amy, have been used for thousands of years in various native tribes and mm -hmm. native cultures, right? I mean, of course, the one we're talking about, ayahuasca, is native of South America, Amazonian jungle. But there's so many other plant medicine from across the globe. I mean, you mentioned magic mushrooms, which can be found everywhere in the world, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's so many other medicines that, again, if you look at thousands of years ago, that's when really everything started. And they've been passed down by generation by generation. And now we in the West and everywhere else in the world, we start to get access to this sacred medicine that allow us as mere human beings to have those spiritual connections at a deeper yeah. level. That's my favorite thing about the medicine is it really offers us the opportunity to not go, not only go in and heal so many, you know, emotional traumas, even physical trauma. And I keep bringing that back because I know people, I have a dear friend who was able to heal his cancer through ayahuasca. So that's also available. But um, the spiritual opening that we get to have with these medicines is just so incredibly profound. You, through a... Through the experience of, and of course, it depends on which one you're, you're working with, what you resonate with. But I have found through um, psilocybin and through ayahuasca that there is so much available. You get to dive in so deep to who you are beyond just being, you know, you're human. Yeah, absolutely, Amy. I love that. And mm -hmm. I mean, for example, for my experience, and again, I've only been to one retreat and I've had uh, ayahuasca three times at that retreat. St. Pedro, which is a different type of medicine, uh, three times as well. And I went in, <laughs> for a lack of a better term, as a virgin, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I've never been drunk. I've never done drugs in my life. But I had this calling from Mother Ayahuasca, as they say. And it was something that was not necessarily consuming me in a negative way, but consuming my thoughts. It's like, why am I thinking of this? Why am I yeah. being drawn to it? So I had to do my research. Now, let's talk about preparation before your yeah. Let's say the first journey mm -hmm. or even your 10th ayahuasca journey. What would you say some key steps are in preparing yourself to actually be able to have the most out of that experience or get the most out of that experience? 
So the number one thing is... Hey, it's Constantine here. And I want to take a brief moment to truly thank you for being a part of this incredible journey of transformation. You are the reason we are creating this content. I see you and I appreciate you. Your support truly means the world to me. I want to ask you for a small favor. I'd love for you to join our mission by hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a thoughtful comment or review. Your engagement helps others discover these insights and together we can continue to unlock the power of authenticity and personal transformation. And if you want to reach out directly to me, send me an email at constantine at unleashedyself.com. I value any and all feedback. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Now, back to the episode. Is that you want to get clarity around what your intentions are. So I like to, I, I'm actually, I do plant medicine integration work with people. And one of the things that I have them really dive into is their intentions. It is so incredibly important. And here's the magic of it. You can create your intentions and you start setting them long before you get to the medicine so that you're really clear with them. You've been sitting with them. And this is going to sound crazy, but if we're speaking from a purely energetic level, the medicine is also energy, right? And so when you're connecting with those intentions, you're already connecting with the medicine, you know, and you're already developing a relationship with it before you've even ever taken it. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this, um, what, you know, many things, a way that I like to, to do this is to ask, what are you letting go of? What are you getting clarity on? What are you bringing more of into your life? Right. Beautiful. I love that. And like you said, you, you start doing this intention setting ahead of time. That's something that despite doing all my research, I didn't necessarily stumble upon as much. I mean, the word talks about, hey, set your intentions, but it wasn't something to essentially do homework on or think about as you prepare for your journey. It was more in in the moment. And the shamans, for example, in my experience, or sorry, the the experience I've been at, they are the ones that encourage you and tell you, hey, you know, it's time, go put a prayer in, put your intentions into the fire. And I did mine in Ecuador, right? So each culture has a slightly different take on how they approach this. But like Amy said earlier, the people doing it are very important. You want people that are knowledgeable. Ideally, the way I see it, I mean, I'm curious to see your take. I do prefer, or if I ever do it again, which I likely will, it will be native people, people that come from generations of shamans that know how to work with the energies and the portals and everything else that gets opened up in those experiences, right? Absolutely. I actually just want to go back a little bit because I want to, this is a very important thing for me to share is that I had gone through probably, well, quite a few ceremonies with grandmother ayahuasca before I, I did not know how to integrate the information that was coming through. I knew it was really powerful. Yes. Was I integrating some of it? Yes. But I had no clue what was available to me until I actually met um, my mentor, Marcy Locke, who I went into a, a medicine experience with her. We, we went to Columbia. Before we went, weeks, a couple months before we went, we were already prepping for the medicine. We were setting our intentions. I was getting very clear on what I wanted. I was also getting clear on what I was letting go of. And it made such a profound difference in the experience and what I was able to take home with me. And so I just, I wanted to, to say that the reason why I do what I do today is because I know what it's like to go into ceremony and come out and feel like what the <laughs> happened, you know what I mean? And, and not only confused, but a little, um, sometimes because with medicine, let's just face it, it brings up, it brings up what's already inside of you and it shows it to you. 
And a lot of times what's inside of us is not always easy to take a look at, right? And so for me, there was a point where I was actually clearing a lot of depression from an old time in my life. And I was sitting in that depression because what would happen is it would come up and I was releasing it, but I didn't know how to help move that energy faster and, and take it to the next, alchemize it to that next level. Beautiful. I mean, I love you mentioned that because actually it's the first time I hear that part of the story and mm. it resonates with me a hundred percent because after my journey, I was in heaven, let's say in Ecuador, right? During and after the ceremonies. But when I came back, I didn't necessarily have the tools to integrate all the knowledge. I sat with that feeling or those emotions that you mentioned as well, the depression. Mm -hmm. And it set in for a good seven months for me, right? Yeah. And now that you mentioned there was something that was within you before and you brought it up, that makes so much more sense to me now because even though I never necessarily felt depressed in my life previous to that, mm -hmm. there were always feelings that could resemble depression at different points in time, right? So if I kept burying them down, which is what I used to do a lot, then they came up and I had to deal with them and work <laughs> through eliminating them, right? Absolutely. So that is the beauty of actually working with somebody, though, to help you move through that process. And also, just let's talk about the flip side of that. The other side is, what about those amazing states that you that you experience also, where you feel that feeling of oneness, right? And you get yes. you feel this like you're, oh wow, and you you have those moments of this is who I am. Like I'm, you know, so much more than I ever knew mm -hmm. or felt about myself, right? And so that also gets to be wired permanently into you. That's a very high frequency to live in. And so after ceremony, sometimes, you know, our ego can come back online and it tries to shut it down. But if you have a good integration process, then you can, you can um, work with that and, and, and connect with those frequencies so that you can wire it into your daily life. Awesome. I love that you went there as well, Amy. But before we dive a lot deeper into integration, let's do a quick summary and uh, touch on some parts that maybe we have missed. Sure. So there's the preparation, right? Going into yep. a plant medicine. It doesn't matter if it's psilocybin or ayahuasca or St. Pedro or Bufo or any other type of plant medicine because there's, you know, dozens you can, you can find. So you have the preparation. And for example, with ayahuasca, you also have to ideally prepare a dieta ahead of time, right? So there's a vegetarian-like diet mm -hmm. that you should go on for at least a few weeks before, at least that's what was recommended to me. And then, you know, while you're at the retreat, same thing, you have to respect the diet. And anyway, it's likely, well, they call it an alkaline diet, at least, again, the one I did, a vegetarian alkaline, right? So it cleanses up your system and it keeps it in, uh, in a good state. Now, there's also other things that I recommend, right? Oh, yeah. Um, that you do. So you can find those online. And again, each retreat you go through, each culture will have slightly different requirements. So you can, you can look those up. So we had the intention, we had dieta. Mm -hmm. Then you get to your retreat, right? So what happens? And let's talk a bit about that because again, I think that's important for people to realize that this is not like you're going to go somewhere to party and get high and not you know, just enjoy life, right? Because you will enjoy life, but it's for completely different reasons. This is not, again, to get high is to get a spiritual experience out of it, to connect with your higher self, with God, with universe, and become a better version of yourself. At least that's how, how I've seen it for me and, of course, those around me. Absolutely. So I would talk about breath, sound, and movement. Because mm. when you take the medicine, it is it you can feel like, and I know you can probably relate to this, Constantine, you can feel like a 40-watt bulb holding, I don't know, 
160,000 watts of electricity, right? Where you just like, whoa, what is this, right? And so it's, there's a lot of energy that's moving. There's a lot of frequencies that, moving, that are moving. And so one of the things that I've learned so much through my mentor, especially, is about breath, sound, and movement. So that, just knowing that and being able to, um, to have those tools. So what does that mean? That means that when you're in ceremony, and you're, you're, you know, you're starting to feel the medicine and maybe you're having these different experiences, just knowing number one, that it, everything that's happening is just a frequency. Fear is a frequency. Happiness is a frequency, all of it. And so as the medicine is working and maybe fear does come up or sadness or things that get to be released, you can help the medicine work with you even better if you can use breath, sound, and movement to help the frequency move. Mm. Okay, let's let's yeah. dive deeper into that. So mm-hmm. let's take breath or any of them, really. How how would you do that? Okay, I'm going to give you a really good example. So at one point on the medicine, I on ayahuasca, I was feeling very, you know, like you can start to feel very sick, like I needed to to purge, right? And so I was laying there. And um, just feeling like, oh, you know, how can you just get worse and worse, right? So I remember the that I could, oh, breath, sound, and movement. So I started to breathe, and I started to actually move, and I was like shaking and moving the energy, right? Mm-hmm. I did that for quite a while, and I thought that I was, you know, going to purge. But what ended up happening was I didn't have to purge because I was helping move the energy so much that it it actually alchemized and just moved through me. But here's the thing. You may still have to purge and that's good too. What it is, is it just helps the frequency move through you. So you don't have to lay there and and be like, oh God, what is this? You know, you can actually help it. You can assist and, and allow the medicine to work even easier. Like in other words, we can create more ease and grace. We can always have more ease and grace in our experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to reemphasize something you mentioned, the word purge. Some people may not be familiar with it, and not all plant medicines will require you to purge. But essentially, purging is, like you said, moving of the energy, but more importantly, eliminating negative wow. energy, right? And purging can happen in, in many ways. So yeah. in the retreat I went, right, I uh, I was part of a group of about 25 people, and I saw all types of purging, right? Throwing up is the most common. Sure. Going to the washroom for number two is another way of doing it, or laughing crying exactly right yawning is another one mm-hmm. and i love that you mentioned the moving and the breathing because you're right if you move the energy and you give it other outlets to release you may not need yeah. to purge that's the first time i should hear about that approach for ayahuasca but now it makes sense because there are many practices in spirituality you can go to yogic practices yoga buddhist practices it doesn't matter you have these you know moves of shaking the body moving the body just to Absolutely move energy around like you said right to to get it moving get it out of your system or regenerate with energy from the earth and so on so it makes sense that those all will be connected and it's a practice i have to tell you i did uh, many times and i never knew to do that and and then um yeah as that came into my awareness more and i've been doing it more and more because i used to tell myself oh i can't move i i just can't it's just too hard for me but I've changed my whole mental state around that. That's not true at all, actually. I mean, sure, there's moments where you get to lay there and be totally still. And that is, you'll know when that's the case because you'll just be in that place. But, you know, um, yeah, there's so much that we can do to help move energy and frequency. and, And just, it's probably one of the biggest things I've learned about how to work with the medicine. 
the fact that you can even work with the medicine, that's huge. You can actually work with the medicine. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, the ceremonies that I was part of, they were all about being grateful to everything that's around us, to Mother Earth, yeah. to these energies, to these plant medicines, and for them allowing us to work with them. Yeah. Literally, the entire ceremonies are dedicated to that, right? You being able to partake in a ceremony is a gift from Mother Nature, mm-hmm. from Gaia, from the universe. And as such, we need to respect that. So that's a big piece that I want to emphasize because I did see yeah. people that came to this retreat and, and didn't respect the medicine or the shamans or the environment as one should. Yeah. And um, that can impact your experience, but also the experience of everyone else around. Yeah. If you're going to the right uh, place and these people are real shamans and they are, what they're doing is they're bringing such high conscious awareness to the, the not only the medicine, the space, they're setting sacred space. They're bringing a level of consciousness to things in a way that in our everyday life, we can forget to do. You know what I'm saying? They're bringing gratitude and, and, setting that sacred space, working with different herbs, all the things, right, to call in the highest and the best for all concerned. So yeah, it's very, very important because I hear what you said that you really do choose a place or people who honor that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know we talked about a few of the benefits of plant medicine. And before we go into what happens after the integration piece, into more detail. Let's talk a bit about some more of the benefits you've seen in yourself and those you work with of Mm -hmm. why someone should look into plant medicine. Okay. (laughs) So what could be better than remembering the truth of who you are? Tell me, what is better than that? That's what can be available with this. It's having those moments of just connecting into the oneness of all that is. That's what's available. And Feeling who you are, experiencing who you are beyond your the limitations, the stories that you've told yourself your whole life that I'm just this and I'm that and it kind of fits like this in this box, right? You can have you have what is available is for you to get so far beyond that to 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 visit a place of such profound expansion that you didn't know existed before. Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, we'll bring it home to some 3D reality, physical healing. Physical healing. And to be honest, while I didn't experience that myself, I did witness people experiencing it. And I, you know, my mind, my analytical mind, my mathematical background, computer science background, could not comprehend. I mean, I'll give you an example for those in the audience to, to really see what we're talking about. I had, well, I met a lot of amazing people there. One of them was a really good friend of mine now. She fought COVID and she was in the ICU for 10 days, almost died a few times because it was so bad. Of course, in the process, lost a lot of, well, most of her hair, lost a lot of mobility in her body. Um, Lots of issues that that can come out of it, right, for being intubated for that period of time. And when she arrived at the retreat, she would walk very slowly. She would speak slowly. She would have a lot of issues with movement. And you know, keep in mind, we were at 10,000 feet up in the mountains, so it's also harder to, to breathe yeah. at the altitude. Anyway, her and I became really close friends from day one, and she had some really powerful experiences through both uh, Ayahuasca and St. Pedro. And I believe by like day seven or eight, she was playing soccer with us. <laughs> like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. a few other people were playing soccer, and then she comes over and she starts running and she... And, you know, she was closer to 50, right? So it's not like we're talking about someone that's 20 and 
maybe can recover really fast. But this is someone that could barely walk day one, and by like day seven, everything feels and moves a lot better. Mm-hmm. And she did share with me her journey and how essentially Mother Oaska, through various energies, healed her body piece by piece. Yes. And to me, listening to stories of other people and what they've gone through and physically seeing the changes, not just in how they move around, but also their energies, like they're more vibrant, they're happier, they're smiling. It was transforming. Like, even though I was on my own journey and I did my own transformations, just seeing the people have those impacts, I'm like, wow. The medicine has the ability to go in and heal a lot of childhood trauma. Yes. Um, Many terrible things that have happened to people. And it doesn't have to be, you know, what trauma, what's trauma for one person is not trauma for another. I understand. So I'm just saying, but that medicine, all the medicine really has the ability to go in and heal childhood trauma. And that you talk about their energy and, you know, radiating. A lot of times people are sick because of actually trauma that happened in their past and they're just holding it in their body. That medicine goes in there and pulls that out and is able to heal it. Yeah. It's beautiful to see. And I should also mention this and you touched a bit on this as well. It's not all rainbows and sunshine, right? Like the journeys can be difficult. Very. And depending on your mental state, depending on your intention setting, your diet, everything that you've done leading up to it and how you are in the moment, mm-hmm. your experiences will vary. Now, from the 25 or so people I met there on, on and did a journey, mm-hmm. for various degrees of healing, various degrees of experiences, the majority got a lot out of it. But there were a handful of people, less than a handful, I should say, maybe two or three, that according to them didn't get what they were expecting. And what I think it's important to note is that, like anything else in life, there's expe- expectation and intention. So when you're setting your intentions, if you mm-hmm. put like some rigid expectations that you only want to get this out of it, you may not receive that. And the way it was explained to me by the shamans, and I'd be curious to see your take, Amy, sure. is that, of course, let's say my intention is to heal this part of me or learn about this part of me, but it might not be possible to get there without doing a bunch of work ahead of time. Well, through the medicine, right? So ayahuasca would come in and help you put in the building blocks so you can get to your intention, but you may require more than a few ceremonies. So by the time you leave a retreat, you may have only put the building blocks in place. And that's what I've noticed with some people is that their expectations were so rigid and they were putting the entire experience around, okay, I need to experience this or otherwise it's a failure. And that takes away a lot from what you can learn and what you can achieve. So what has been your experience with that? Well, something that I've learned in the last few years about everything you just said. So when you set your intentions ahead of time, first off, you're actually already setting your energy. You're making declarations so that you're already starting to align more to your intentions. That means that if you pay attention and you set your intentions, right, and you pay attention, then you're able to start getting more in the place of moving towards those intentions so that when you do get to the medicine, you've already been doing some work. That's the thing. Now, when you're on, okay, so I feel like this to address what you said about what happens with the medicine and expectations. There's the medicine, there's your human, there's your soul, right? You're all working together on this deal. And so things are going, you're right. You may have to, this, you know, you may say, I want this and your, your soul and the medicine are like, that's cool. But here's the thing. We got to work over here for a little bit before we can get to that. You know what I mean? And so that, of course that can happen, you know, of course. And also, like maybe, I don't know, but maybe some of those people you're describing, 
that reflection was coming back to them because that is their medicine in their life. They're constantly having expectations and they're constantly disappointed. For example, the medicine will actually reflect that back to you. And it may show up that you walk out of the ceremony and go, well, that didn't work. That was not what I wanted. And you kind of, this is where we get to really, and this is why it's helpful to have someone mirror back to you, but to ask yourself, well, wait a minute, where else do I do that in my life? Where else is that happening? Because it's probably happening somewhere else. Wow. I love that you mentioned that. So, so important. And now something came to mind looking at the first ceremony I did. And most of us that were there were there for three to five ceremonies. I did five. And there were, let's say out of 25 people, maybe 10, that in the first ceremony, they got to be nauseated. Yeah. I didn't have much of an experience. And they came out of it and it's like, oh, this was not what I expected. This was not what I wanted. But like 90% of those people, so like nine out of 10, the next time, so the next ceremony, which was a couple of days later, had the most profound experience of their life. And again, the way the shamans explained was that Ayahuasca had to do a bit of uh, groundwork to get you ready so you can can transform. And it was beautiful to see because you went from like complete skeptics that, you know, got deflated, got defeated. It's like, ah, this doesn't work for me. It's okay to being like, wow, this is the best thing ever. Yes, because the medicine reads you, right? Like, so I I feel like I, I go really supernatural at this. So just let me just go all off here. But I do feel like the energetics of this whole thing is set up prior to you even doing it. So what I, I know, I feel that the medicine, what it does is says, okay, Constantine, you're coming. You're going to, I'm going to have five times with you. I'm going to just work my whole little plan here. We've got five ceremonies, right? Yeah. And so maybe that first ceremony you come in and you, you are, you're just feeling nauseous. Not much is happening because she's just doing a diagnosis that day. She's kind of going through, looking at everything, cleaning out some stuff. And then, And then it can get, you know, it goes from there and it can be different every single night. At the same time, you can have the most profound experience in the next next ceremony. And then she's like, all right, now that we did that and I showed you how cool you really are. Now we got to go in and we got to do some heavy lifting. We got to go back to your childhood and we got to clear that thing. You know, that can happen. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and it happens all the time, right? So that's the beauty of, um, the beautiful thing is that we actually don't even have to think about it. We get to let, we get to surrender and allow and, and let and trust. <laughs> yeah, that's a big word. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a word I have to, I have to not more to apply in my life, right? That's a big one that keeps mm-hmm. coming up uh, meditation and otherwise too. And it's uh, one thing I should uh, reemphasize again for the audience listening in, we keep talking about intentions, right? And we, we are doing it in the context of plant medicine, but what I've come to realize is that intentions, setting intentions rather is so important for all aspects of life. Like, for example, you do hypnotherapy and you're really, really good at it because I've done a session with you and I I can attest to it. And a big part of it, prepping for it, was intention setting. Well, when you do meditations, when you do any type of work, like when you wake up in the morning, maybe if you set intentions for the day or for part of your day, things will go out a bit better. And that's something I've started to do more and more in my life. Put intentions around my actions so then I can get distracted less. And I can get more out of each experience. So I'll let you add more to that if there is more to add around Mm -hmm. intentions in every aspect of life, not just plant medicine. Oh, yeah. Oh, intention setting is everything. When you when you set an intention, you are a sovereign being. This is what I like to remind myself of. You are a sovereign being. You are a divine creator. At least I believe that. 
And when you set your intention, you're saying, this is it. This is, I'm creating this. And sure, the, the intention is you're, it's, you're telling the energy where to go, what to do. This is what, you know. And so it may not happen right in that second. But doing it over and over again, not only are you telling the energy what to do, you're also showing up in a certain way. So if I have this intention to have a great conversation with you today, you know, Constantine, and maybe, you know, speak about something that will inspire somebody, I'm going to show up a certain way for that. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to show up like, hey, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to set yourself up for success when you set your intentions and you're going to remind yourself of what you're creating. So even if you're feeling off, maybe you're in a bad mood, but that doesn't change your intention. Your intention still is, oh, you know what? I'm going to do awesome at this project or, you know, whatever it is. Your bad mood isn't going to completely take you off your game because you, you have your intention. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. I mean, when I started doing the podcast, I call myself, sometimes I would be like, okay, I have this conversation coming up. I'm not as excited about the topic or I don't know enough about the guest. And then I would set some weird expectations in my brain and intentions. And then I would catch myself as a conversation would start. And you could really feel the energy. I mean, I would feel my energy and I would, you know, flip a switch and I'll be back into it. But then I had to reprogram my mind to be like, no, let's remove those judgments, those expectations and set an intention of just having a beautiful conversation. And that's it. Exactly. And it does help you. It kind of moves you in the back in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so intentions everywhere in life, the more we do it, the better our life will be beautiful. Well, that also takes us now to the integration piece, which is also something that we should be doing, not just with plant medicine, but everything that we do in our life, right? Every, every lesson we learn, there has to be an integration for it. And like, for example, in school, it's a great example, right? I would do or I would learn a new math theorem, or I would learn a new math concept. Well, and then you have to put it in practice, right? You do exercises, you do homework. I would imagine integration is the same thing when we bring it back to our adult life, right? It's like, take the lessons, apply them to your life, continue to reprogram yourself. So let's talk about integration yeah. in the context of everything, and then dive into the plant medicine piece. Okay. So actually, I'm going to bring up something that is important to know about the plant medicine in terms of this is that we all have different personalities. I mean, we really do. Like all of us have different parts of our personality, different parts that show up for us at different times in our life, different ego states, you could say. And when we do medicine, often what happens is those parts can go to sleep. They can rest. They can get out of the way so that your soul and your subconscious, they can come in. You can do all this amazing work. And then as you come back from the experience, those ego parts start to step back in and then they can be like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> no, that's not right. So that's why integration is so key. Yeah. Um, the importance of integration is that you actually come away from your experience and you are able to take that information because it's information. That's what I like to call it, you know, messages, information, and you are able to weave that in and embody that like in your body, live it. And it takes, it takes a focus and intentions on your part to do that. It's not something that just happens Sometimes, sure, there are certain things that happen in the medicine, like you hear about these physical cures, like, hello, what's that? It's just done, right? But there's a lot of things around the emotional part of us and connecting maybe more with our spiritual self that we get to practice on a daily basis so that we actually 
hold that information so that we're permanently rewired to the new whatever, you know, the new level that you're living at is what I'm trying yes. to yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that. And it's important to know that in all the research I've done, and I as I mentioned it quite a bit, I didn't find a lot of help around integration. And when I went to the retreat, it was mentioned to us more than once that the real work starts when you get home. Yes. When reality sets in and you're not in this blissful state and you realize that, of course, you've changed, you have a different perspective on life, but no one else shares that with you, at least not in that moment. So that's when the real world begins, is integration. So how do you work with people these days to mm-hmm. help them integrate? So I, I want to just say I do love to catch people before they go into ceremony, if that's possible. That's not the only option, but that's a great thing because I help set them up with this. Um, When I work with people in different ways, but what I do is essentially get really clear on what a lot of that information was that came through. And then I go through different, I use different tools. I do use some hypnotherapy, right? But I use many different tools that I have to help them take every, to create a plan like every single day. So they're doing these things. So they're embodying what came through. So, um, I guess I could I give you an example, maybe I had somebody, she's amazing. And she just kind of really woke up to her multidimensionality. This is going to sound very crazy, but cool. So she was hearing some different sounds in her experience. And one of the sounds, I don't remember what it was, but every time she heard it, she saw like mother Mary. And when she heard the sound, She felt the deepest, most profound connection she's ever felt in her entire life. And so what she's been doing is she, I I told her to make like a recording of that sound and she listens to it just every day for like a couple minutes to reconnect into that embodiment, you know, to feel the embodiment of that, right? A lot of times also what happens in our experiences is it may be our conscious mind doesn't understand it and someone needs help with sort of processing it at a different level. The conscious mind actually doesn't have to understand it for the change to be made. That's the truth because most of our upgrading and all of our programmings in our, in our unconscious mind. So, but still it can create some confusion. It can create um, questioning, you know, as our ego kind of comes way back online, it'll start going, no, it'll try to limit and box in what the information you were given, because it's just the nature of the mind. It is the nature of it to try to find a pattern, you know, make that pattern. I've got to understand it. And we, and so expansiveness is not exactly that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so really it's just very, very important if we want to, to really um, take it to the next level and say, you know, really get that information in us and then take the steps. What the steps were, what did you hear from the medicine? What did it say? You know, I don't mean like quit your job and, you know, maybe that extreme, but what steps are you taking in the direction so that you're actually moving towards what you want, following the energy? Yeah. So speaking of that, what are some common mistakes people fall into doing or making when they don't have a proper plan for integration? They go back into their life too quickly. So they come home from the experience. They get right back into their regular life. And so what happens is your mind loves familiar, 
even if it's not fun, it still looks familiar. So it's, it may, you can fall back into your old patterns without realizing it very easily. That's the first thing. Second thing is telling too many people, maybe some very profound things that happened and then they make, they may make fun of you or, you know, cause they don't understand, you know, or they might think that's weird, you know, or whatever it was. Right. And then it upsets, it upsets you because you, you're like, no, but really I saw God or <laughs> whatever it was. And you're getting feedback that, you know, you're and the feedback makes you feel like, okay, I feel stupid now or whatever. And that can take it away from you. You know, those are two of the biggest mistakes, really. Yeah. Which is why you make such good friends in plant medicine, because you you know you can talk to those people about it. Absolutely. But let's, I mean, that number one, yeah. which is going back into life okay. and jumping back to where you left. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what most of us, unfortunately, have to do? Like in my case, I had to come back, get back to my work because I was gone for three weeks, get back to my family, to my routine. How can one... Not necessarily avoid doing that because that's probably yeah. impossible for most of us, but mm -hmm. make it such that we can do that, but also in integrate and incorporate all this yeah. new stuff. You can. Well, what you have to do is, you know, be committed, be committed to your um, integration. And so what does that mean? That means that maybe it's different for each person. But let's say, for example, you're going to jump back into work. Okay, well, I am, you know, of course you have to go to work. So maybe what that means is you get up an hour earlier, you're going to sit with, you know, you, hopefully you've journaled, you know, you've got your, your transcripts, all the things that came through, and you're going to sit with that. You're going to take time to maybe meditate or at least just have quiet time without the phone, without that. And it also means that maybe what you do is you come back, you go to work, but you don't jump right back into your social life right away. Take that time. Don't go and watch TV. If TV is your thing every night, that's fine. But you know what? For your integration period, give it a couple weeks. Don't do TV. You know, don't jump back into the matrix fully <laughs> with that kind mm -hmm. of thing, right? And maybe also stay on a modified dieta because once you, if you come back and you, even food can actually trigger like just really old patterns. So yeah. you can still... I know not everybody has like what two months out of the year where they can just go do these things. Right. And then not come back to work, but you can still keep your space sacred as you can, you know, and you can still keep your diet really clean. And you can also take that space and time for yourself to that's like your, your healing time. That's your integration, you know, and remind yourself daily of what came through. That's such a beautiful way to look at it because that reminds me of something that I've realized more recently than I would like to admit is this idea of giving yourself time to see with yourself in meditation or otherwise, mm -hmm. to be able to process things. And again, the way I see it now, it doesn't apply just to plant medicine. It applies to everyday life. But yeah. we are so distracted these days. And I speak from experience because I, I used to be so distracted all the time. And even now I still catch myself and giving yourself the time to process and integrate can go a long way. Oh, absolutely. It can really, a lot of what happens to us is that we, we just need to process stuff. Then we just need that quiet time to do it. Meaning what does process mean? It means just feel it, just feel it. Don't, don't be like, Oh, I got to go on YouTube right now and watch a video like and avoid, you know, just feel what you're feeling. A lot of times that's all we need to do. And then we can just let it go, you know, but it's, so we don't get to do that that often, right? So we really, it's very important because you do have a portal, of, like it's like a portal after you come back. 
And that is the time when it's so easy for you to keep wiring in the new programs. Love it, Amy. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's touch on something here really quick because this is uh, hitting close to home. This idea of feeling the emotions, yeah. <laughs> and the reason I say touch is close to home is because, as I mentioned, I, I was in my depressive state for about seven months. It, it wasn't the greatest of times, but it was such a blessing for me because I've learned a lot. Of course, in hindsight, I realized all that, and ever since I came out of it, I've had mostly great days. Yeah. With an occasional bad day. But here's the thing. When the bad days would come, I would be in such a rush to try to get out and be like, no, why am I feeling this? Let's see. Let's get back to the joyful, happy, fulfilled day. Yeah. And then it wasn't until recently I realized, wait a second. I mean, those bad days happen for a reason. And like you just said, it's about sitting with those emotions and letting them come up, letting them run their course. But what can one do when we're getting those negative emotions to come up. Let's call them negative because they're all, I would imagine, positive in the end. But let's call them negative. They make you feel sad, angry, whatever the case might be. How can we do, how can we get ourselves to just let them come up, not judge, let them do their thing and then move on? So I think one of the ways to do that, Constantine, is to be curious. Come from the state of being curious. Oh, wow, I feel really sad right now. That's interesting. You know, that's interesting. What, what's, and, and then getting quiet and listening to yourself, not something we do <laughs> that often. Yeah. Um, that sadness, I'll just use this as an example, that sadness, I'm, fe- I'm going to pretend like it's me, that I'm feeling in my body right now. I can feel it in my chest. Why do I feel sad? Or what is that? Okay. Oh, I was, I feel sad because I heard somebody say that something and it reminded me of something, right? It reminded me of something about myself and it made me think that um, I'm not really good enough or whatever it was. See, you can follow the sadness to the information. And then when you can receive it, then you can say, and this is how you move through it. And then you can say, okay, but is that true right now? Is that true? Is that belief true right now? No, it's not. What can I believe right now that is true? What's true is that I'm doing really actually doing great. You know, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm, you know, whatever. And, and getting your, you get to take, you get to feel it because you don't want to deny it because denying it, you're just exiling a part of yourself and it's going to stay right there. And you know what I'm talking about. It's like your little boy or your little girl is going to come screaming back at you later. So you have this opportunity to actually connect with those parts of you. And then you can say, okay, let's, what's, what is true right now? You know, curiosity is the cure for so much of this. Love that. Yeah. Because I remember, I mean, some practices I do as well, it's about asking questions, right? It's about asking why, why am I feeling the way become aware of it? And then yeah, I'm going to. Why? And then how, how can I, you know, move like what? Yeah. It's like, that, because then that way we're not shoving it off. We're not shoving it off. We're so good at doing that. I mean, I know I was. Oh, well, we all, so good. we all are. You know, we all have our ways that we do it. And it's it's so unconscious sometimes. You don't even realize. Like, I know for myself, many times I've caught myself like, whoa, just, you know, on Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, wait, what? what is it? Because I, I even didn't catch that something was bothering me until I slowed down. I was like, okay, hang on a second. What just happened? It happens to everybody. Yeah, it does. It does. Absolutely. So is there anything else about integration that you'd like to touch upon that maybe we haven't covered? I think we've 
covered most of it. I just want to say that having a, a level of integration with your your plant medicine experiences can can make it so much more powerful. I mean, it can take it to the next level in a way that, you know, um, that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise, right? It's just so important. Yeah. It's really changed it for me because for many years, I I did not know how to do it. And it really, it just, it slowed it down a bit for me. So yeah, I'm just excited now that to have the tools. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you did mention that you get to work with people now to help them integrate. And like you said, ideally you start the work before you even mm-hmm. go to the plant medicine so you can work on the intentions together. You can work on the preparation together and then you have the tools when you come back so you can integrate right away. I mean, you can start integrating from when you're or the day after the journey, right? Or Absolutely. the moment after the journey ends, right? So where do people go to find you so they can work with you? Um, you can go to my website, IamWholeness.com. Very easy to find me. Awesome, Amy. Okay, uh, before I let you go for today, mm-hmm. is there anything else we want to talk about regarding plant medicine that maybe we haven't touched upon? Um, not that I can think of. I think we've really covered a lot, unless you can think of any yeah. questions that people may No, have. no. I mean, a quick summary for everyone, right? Preparation is hugely important. Intention setting, dieta, depending on the plant medicine you do, mm-hmm. respecting the medicine and working with traditional shamans and the proper settings is very important as well. And then, of course, the oh, focus breath, for... breath, sound, and movement. Remembering that that yes. when you're in the medicine, you can use your breath, you can use sound, you can use movement to help facilitate the, you know, the to clear things out faster. Yeah, that's a great point and reminder. And of course, the integration that we just talked about. So those are all steps that you can take. This doesn't mean that these are all the steps that you have to take. There might be <laughs> different ones based on, again, the medicine you, you want to partake in, um, the culture you're going to do it with, or personal preferences, right? Or, of course, your doctor's um, opinions. I highly recommend really researching who you're going to be doing it with. It's yes. very important. It's very important where they get the medicine, everything. Just look into all the details for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you can... Talk to people that have been there before. Mm-hmm. That was a big one for me. That, that helped me decide on where to go. And um, if you don't know where to find those people, I mean, there's reviews online through communities like ours, right, where we promote mm-hmm. conversations around anything holistic, right? Plan medicine is just one If anybody wants to reach out to me, I know some very, I know very good places to refer people to, the right people. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. Perfect, Amy. Well, it's been a pleasure to connect again and... It's been a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this exploration of personal transformation. Your presence and engagement are at the heart of what we do. And I sincerely appreciate you, your time and thirst for knowledge, inspiration and empowerment. Please consider showing your support by hitting like, subscribe, leaving a comment or writing a review. Your engagement not only fuels our mission, but also helps others discover these insights. For more daily guidance on personal transformation across the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical realms, be sure to visit our website at UnleashThyself.com. You can also find us on Instagram at UnleashThyselfToday, TikTok and YouTube at UnleashThyself, and there we post daily content designed to inspire and empower you on your journey. If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or feedback, I truly value your input. Or if you'd like to have a conversation with me, or work with me, please 
feel free to email me directly at constantine at unleashthyself.com. I would love to hear from you. Together, we're building a community united in authenticity and purpose. Once again, thank you for being a part of this movement. Until next time, continue to embrace your true self and live a life on purpose, with purpose. See you in the next episode.